This is Sunday night worship service, July the 9th, 2023. Senior Pastor Farrell Hardison bringing the message today. True worship. Here's Pastor Farrell. Turn in your Bible tonight, if you will. Uh, and I've got my Bible on my phone here, so bear with me. Uh, Mark chapter 14 and uh, verses 3 through 9. I think I've mentioned this scripture before when I'm uh, preaching. I've used it as an illustration. I want to just kind of get into it a little bit. Uh, deeper tonight, Mark 14, um, and and we're just going to talk about this uh, situation that you all know about. You you know your Bibles, and uh, it's the situation where uh, Mary uh, uh, comes into the room where Jesus is, and she just pours. She gets she's gone back into a back room somewhere and got this uh, ointment and just pours it all over Jesus. And there are a lot of things that are said by different people in this little Bible story. And I want to point some of them out uh, because I see myself in, in some of the attitudes there. And I was going to point my finger and say I see some of you all, but I, you don't see what I did there. I'm me. I point it back at me. You know, there's three pointing back right here at me. So um, we're just going to kind of look at this story and maybe put it in context uh, you know, when when you when you teach the Word of God and preach the Word of God, you want to make your make sure you're doing it in the right context. So so Jesus is at um, uh, um, Lazarus' house and Mary and Martha's house, and uh, he's having a he's uh, having a conversation there, and and everybody's talking around him. Let's just read it. Matthew 4, I'm sorry, Mark 14, and look at verse 3. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman, so he's at uh, Simon the leper's house, so he's not a leper anymore, because he ran into Jesus, so he's not a leper anymore, and, uh, but that's what he was known as. And he, was, and he sat at meat, Now I'm glad to hear that, y'all, y'all, uh, Y'all hear these people talk about vegetarians? They're not pitiful. That's just pitiful. The Bible says here they, that Jesus sat down for some meat. Amen. Come on. Amen. Where's my grillers, my cookers? <laughs> he sat down for some meat. I think it really means food generally, but I like when you use that word meat. Um, as he sat at meat, there came a woman. So, so they're eating and talking. And Can you imagine what that scene was like? Uh, Jesus is maybe sitting at the head of the table. Don't say that. I'm just going. I'm just going to use my imagination here. He. I just see Jesus sitting at the head of the table, and and uh, Martha. You know, she's the cook, and she's in there cooking, and she's she's got things going. You know, in the Bible, uh, Martha was the one always uh, always doing the the work, the labor that needed to be done. As a matter of fact, she complains that ain't nobody helping me. <laughs> And so there's Martha, and then there's Mary, and Mary's always at, in the same place uh, when you see her and she's around Jesus. The Bible says she's at the feet of Jesus. She's sitting there at the feet of Jesus. So, so she's at the feet of Jesus, and all of a sudden she just jumps up and runs into maybe down the road, I don't know, or in a back room somewhere, and comes out with this, maybe it's a beautiful uh, bottle. I don't know what it is, don't say but it says it's spikenard. It's, it's, uh, it's perfume. 
And uh, she pours it all over Jesus. Just pours it all over him. And then she just takes her hair. And she, she uh, that would start a rumor now, wouldn't it? If uh, somebody did that in our church and Jesus showed up and they were uh, um, worshiping in that way, people would have something to say about it, wouldn't they? But it says, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard, very precious. Now, the reason I point out that it was precious is because if you do just a little bit of study, you will find out that that bottle of spikenard uh, is about uh, um, a year's wages. A man back then made about one pence a day, and later you'll hear uh, the value of the spikenard. He made about one pence a day, and later on in his story it says that the spikenard was three, worth 300 pence. So that's almost 365 days, which would be a year. So it's very, very, very precious. And she broke the box. That's interesting. She didn't take the top off. She broke it. Now, the reason she broke it is because I think she wanted Jesus to have all of it. She wanted to pour it all on him. She didn't want to keep any back for herself. The Bible says she, she broke the box and poured it on his head. <laughs> I mean, think about that. That's I love Brother Mac. He's like me when he's reading things, things. Uh, make him laugh in the Bible, and they do me too. And I've just got to think, woman comes out of a side room with a, a box of uh, or a bottle of ointment, and just doesn't even just breaks the top off or ever how she broke it, and just poured it all over Jesus' head. You know, if you were a visitor, you might need a little explanation on that, wouldn't you? Look at verse four. And there were some when they saw this that got mad. It says, and there were some that had indignation. That's King James Version, for they got mad. Within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For Verse 5, for it might have been sold for more than 300 pence. See, there it is. Man made about one pence a day. That's almost a whole year's wages. And have given the money to the poor. And they murmured against her. Look at verse 6. And Jesus said, let her alone. I bet that got the house quiet. I bet, I bet it got right quiet. Because they, some, some holier than thou, begin to criticize the way a person worship. Let me tell you something. I, started, I, titled, this, uh, I titled this little message tonight, True Worship. And then I got to thinking about it on the way here. I could have titled it, You Be You. You be you. Don't worry about everybody else. And don't worry about what everybody else thinks. You be you. Amen? And that's what Mary was doing here. She was, she was thinking about... You see, the reason Mary did this is because the Lord had just raised her brother from the dead. I mean, if that don't get you shouting, and if that don't make you want to pour everything you own of any value on the Lord, then something's wrong with you. And she, I, I, I got to tell you, I think she was sitting there and I think Jesus was sitting there and they were eating, you know, they were having a meal together and, and he was just saying things. You know, John, I believe it was John that said if everything Jesus said while he was here on the earth uh, was recorded, uh, something like you couldn't even put it in all the books. You couldn't, you couldn't put it all out there. So Jesus said a whole lot of things that aren't in the Bible, that aren't recorded in the Bible. 
Which makes me know that the parts he did say that are recorded in the Bible, I really need to pay close attention to them. Because the Bible recorded those. But he said a lot of things. And no doubt they were asking him questions. And and they were saying, you know, Lord, I've always wondered. I don't know what they were saying. But they were all talking. And Mary just got to thinking about how good Jesus had been to her and her family. And she just got to thinking about how Lazarus was dead. And they sent for Jesus. And boy, they were upset with Jesus now. Because he was supposed to come right then. And he didn't. The Bible says when they sent for him, he waited two more days before he came. And uh, um, when he got there, Lazarus wasn't sick anymore. He's dead. And so they, I mean, Martha, boy, right up to him, nose to nose, you should have been here. If you'd done what we told you, if you'd have done it like we said, uh, then our brother wouldn't be dead. And I mean, she's just letting it all out. You know, Martha was like that. But little Mary was down at the feet of Jesus. She was always down at the feet of Jesus. But she said, even though she might have got down on her hands and knees, she said the same thing Martha did. So she probably got down on her hands and knees and went, if you'd have been here and come when we told you to come. You know, Martha looked bold with hers. I can see Mary down there on the ground, you know. But she was upset too. Jesus said, um, so he's dead. Yes, Jesus said, well, I'm the resurrection. I am. I am the resurrection. Not I'm going to resurrect him. I am the resurrection. And he walked up to the mouth of that tomb. You know that story. And I heard a preacher say this. I don't know if it's true. He said, if he hadn't said, Lazarus, come forth. If he would just said, come forth, all the dead people in the area would have come forth. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. And, of course, he was already wrapped in grave clothes. He come out of the tomb. And, and uh, uh, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Because they had wrapped him in the, he looked like a mummy. They had wrapped him up. So Mary is at this event we read about tonight, and she's sitting there, and she's thinking about all this. She's just thinking about how he was dead. I mean, they, they went through, when he died, they went through the grief we all go through when somebody precious to us dies. They never even considered the fact that he would live again, that Jesus would raise him from the dead, that's proven because they fussed at Jesus when he got there, didn't even think about him being raised from the dead, and and they're just letting Jesus have it, and they're grieving, and they're hurting. How many of you know when, when somebody's hurting and somebody's grieving, they might say some things they shouldn't say, and they might say some things they might have to come back later and say, I'm sorry, I was, I was just going through a, a hard time, and I shouldn't have said those things, and and uh, maybe maybe uh, uh, Mary felt that way, but they were grieving. They were grieving. They thought they would never see him again. They thought they would never see him alive again on the earth. But Jesus raised him from the dead. And Mary, in this story we're reading in Mark 14, she's thinking about that. This is my opinion. And I've told you all before about my opinion. I don't know if you wrote it down, but it's accurate and very humble. That's my opinion. Very humble, very accurate. Uh, so so uh, she's thinking about that, and I think this was, and she jumps up, and she's thinking, how can, I, how can I show Jesus how I feel about him? How can I show Jesus? How can I 
What's the most precious thing I own? What's the most precious worldly thing I own? And she thought of that spikenard. And I don't know where the spikenard came from. Uh, It might have been a dowry. It might have been something that was given to her by a family member. Um, There's no telling. It might be something she collected over a period of time. But it was the most valuable thing she had. And she wanted Jesus to know how she felt about him in her life and what he had meant to her. And she broke that box. She broke it. And she, she didn't run up there and take the top off and say, Jesus, hold your hand out. I want to give you a little. And, and say, now, I'm going to pull this in there. Look, now, Jesus, this is real expensive stuff now. And I'm about to give you a little bit of it. And don't let it drip on the floor now because this ri- she didn't go through any of that. She broke it. She broke it. You know, when you're broken... When you finally get to that place of brokenness, you can really do some worshiping. You can really do some some seeking of the Lord. And she was just at that place where she wanted him to have it all. And she just poured it on his head and poured it all over him. And can't you just that smell all through the all through that house? No doubt probably people on the outside pouring the whole thing out. They probably smelled it all on the outside. Martha's probably in the kitchen going, Y'all have ruined my meal. That's all you can smell now is that stuff. Can't even smell my fried chicken. <laughs> and and she is worshiping him. That's why, y'all. And I don't I don't hear it in this church, but I've heard it in my ministry. We can never judge a person by how they worship. We can never judge a person by how they worship. You ought not to judge a person because they worship quietly. And we ought not to judge a person because they worship loudly. And listen now, sometimes it's hard because it's uncomfortable. We ought not to worship, we ought not to criticize anybody because their worship is extravagant. Maybe they do a lot of moving around. We don't, we really used to move around a lot more than we do now. Amen. Can I preach like that? And um, people used to just worship the Lord and just, but see, you can't criticize it. You say, well, don't you think some people need to be corrected? You know what? I I leave that with the Lord. I leave that with the Lord. Uh, There might be a situation, uh, I've I've had a situation. where a man uh, that I pastored, I loved him, I loved him, and uh, but he was an alcoholic. And we were having a very, very moving service one day, and um, he had been drinking, and he come down the aisle, and he was acting in a way I'd never seen him act before. And I thought, well, you know, if he's going to serve the Lord, that's fine. If this is the way, maybe there's been a breakthrough. But when I got up right beside him, I could smell the alcohol. So I knew he was... I knew he was probably drunk. I just put my arm around him. I said, let's go to the altar and pray. And in a situation like that, you've got to use wisdom. And, and, and there's things that are to be done decently and in order. That's in the Bible too. Uh, the Bible talks about not uh, worshiping in a way that makes unbelievers think we're barbarians, that we've lost our mind. But i got to tell you, there's a balance somewhere where a person like Mary can extravagantly worship the Lord, and we just know that's a God thing right there. 
Amen. That's why we need that discernment I was praying about. We need discernment. How many of you have ever been in a worship service and you said, Lord, give me discernment? Give me discernment. I have. I have. Because, you know, uh, most of the worship service I've been in, I'm the pastor. And everybody kind of looks at the pastor, what you going to do? You know, something needs to be done. What are you going to do? And you can believe, you know... <laughs> You know, uh, there's, a, there's another story in the Bible where Jesus got down and wrote on the ground. And the Pharisees were there and all that. One preacher said he believed Jesus was down there saying, you got to give me something, Father. you got to give me something. got to give me something. I'm going to write on this ground right here, but you got to give me something here. I don't know if that's what that was. But i tell you, there have been moments where I, I literally um, had seen things that I didn't know if it was God or the devil. And I didn't have a real good feeling in me. And I just pray, God, show me what to do. Show me what to do. Show me what. Am I supposed to not do anything? Am I supposed to just wait a minute? Should I approach that situation? What should I do? Because it looked different. It looked very unique. It looked very unusual. And, and so you don't really, you don't jump in a situation like that and go try to do something, you say, God, you, this is church, this church is for you. This service is for you. We believe the Bible. We believe in you. Take over. Take over. And evidently, we've done all right. I'm alive and I'm still here. And uh, but, but we need discernment. And if the person who criticized Mary had just asked for a little discernment, they wouldn't have got indignant. The Bible says there was indignation. They got mad. Y'all know who that was, don't you? They got mad. It was Judas. It was Judas, of all people, to get mad at somebody else for how they worship. It was Judas. And you know what he was really upset about? He's upset about the money. He was upset about the money. Hey, we could have. Now, he had never given anything to the poor. But all of a sudden, he's like these politicians. All of a sudden, He's all tore up about the poor. And he said, oh, we could have sold this and and give the money to the poor. And Jesus said, you know what? You're going to have the poor with you always, and you can bless them anytime you want to. And then he said, you're not going to have me always. That was actually a prophecy that Jesus was saying, I'm going to put it in Joko language, I'm fixing to die. I'm about to go to the cross. You got the poor, they're going to be here, and you can bless them anytime you want to. Well, let's just look, read the rest of it. And um, my phone shuts down every time I leave it alone. Let's see. Uh, and and um, he said, verse 5. <clears throat> We're in Mark 14, right? Verse 5. For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have given, and have given, uh, been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. Verse 6, and Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? What she has done here is a good thing. Look what it says. She hath wrought a good work. You know what Jesus was saying? You might not understand it, but I do. You might not. It might make you uncomfortable, but Jesus said, it don't make me uncomfortable. I know what's in her heart. And I know why she's doing this. And, and Jesus probably was, 
uh, thinking, you know, I know this looks very unusual to you, but I've got a discernment you don't have. And this woman's intentions are wonderful and good and holy. And what she's doing is wonderful and good and holy. And boy, when Jesus says, leave somebody alone, you better leave them alone. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 7. He said, for you got the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, and I'm so glad he put that in there, because he probably knew Judas had never helped a poor person in his life. He said, so Judas, you know, before today, you could have helped the poor, and you can help them today when we leave here, and you can help them tomorrow, because they're going to always be around. He said, and you may do them good anytime you want to, but me, look at this is a prophecy of the death of Jesus. This is a prophecy of his crucifixion. In verse 7 at the end, he says, but me, you have not always. They're about to kill me. Then I'm going to be resurrected from the dead, and I'm going to hang around 40 days, and then I'm going to heaven. So you're about to really not have me here. Verse 8, I love it. She hath done what she could. You know what Jesus meant by that? This was the most valuable thing she had. This was the most valuable thing she had. And he knew that that girl went through a list of things in her mind that had value to her. And that spikenard, that perfume, that anointing, that ointment, that was her most prized possession, and she wanted Jesus to have every bit of it. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're seeing right here in this scripture is nothing in the world but pure, holy worship. Worship and praise and magnifying and thanksgiving. She is just filled with appreciation for her Lord. We sing a little song at Christmas time I like, and you can actually sing it any time. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. And that's all she was doing, was adoring her Lord. And, and there were people who didn't understand. And there were people who, who um, thought what she was doing was wrong. Now, um, it's funny it doesn't say who said they. It doesn't say who got mad and who said if uh, if we'd sold this we could give the money to the poor. But if you go over to John's recollection of this story, John says John says it was Judas. He tells us, and then John says, and he said it not because she cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. I mean, old John put it right out there. He said, he said, it was Judas who got mad, and it was Judas who said that. He said, but he didn't say it because he cared about the poor. He said it because he was a thief, and we know he was. He took the money to betray Jesus. That's all he cared about was the money. Now, don't you look at verse 9, and then I'm done. Jesus says something here. It's a prophetic word in verse 9. And we're fulfilling verse 9 tonight. We are, we are doing what Jesus said in verse 9. Look what he said. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done right here tonight in this little house, shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. We're doing it right now. 
I'm preaching on it right now. I'm doing in verse 9 exactly what Jesus said. Jesus said, we're in a, a little house and we got a little meal together and we're having some good fellowship. He said, and this woman has done something very unusual. And some of my very 12 disciples have been critical. The Bible says, the Bible says when Judas said what he said, others chimed in and murmured. Others chimed in and murmured against her. So it wasn't just Judas. We're picking on Judas because he was so bold with it. And we know what he did later. But the Bible said others said, amen, amen. You know, you know, people who are like that, and of course we're not like that, but that crowd that comes on Sunday morning, I don't know if y'all have noticed some of them, they might be like that. But none of us here tonight are. But have you ever noticed when you're complaining about something, you really sound like the word murmur? <laughs> murmur, 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 murmur. And just murmur and murmur because you know, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. That's fine. You can not like stuff, but let's don't murmur. Amen? Let's don't murmur. Let's don't be like that. And the Bible says they murmured against her and Jesus said, y'all hush. He said, what this woman's done today is a good thing. So I just want to say, and I don't even know why I'm preaching on this. We may know down the road why I brought this up tonight, but... But when something happens unusual, don't automatically say that's not God. Be careful. Be careful. God God does things that don't look normal. God can move in a way that don't look like every other Sunday and every other service that we've had. And everybody's worship might not look like your worship. I used to have a a guy over at uh, the bridge when I was pastoring there. And uh, he, now he, boy, when he loved the Lord, uh, he'd let everybody know it. He'd do, he would do him some shouting and some dancing and all that. Well, I had a lot of people in that church who had never been to church before. We attracted a lot of people to the bridge that had never been to church before. A lot of them were stationed out there at Seymour Johnson. So not only had they never been to a church that really was a strong Bible church, they, they had never been to a Pentecostal church, a worshiping church. So once in a while, he would just turn loose and let go, and I'd just stand back and let him go. And when he'd get through, I'd walk up there, and I'd go, now, some of y'all ain't never seen that before. And I'd use it as a teaching moment. I'd say, I'd say, don't ever criticize somebody's worship because you don't understand it. Because, see, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know the battles they've fought. You don't know. So when somebody gets a little carried away, or you think they've got a little carried away, just stand back. And if you know their heart and you know their intention, everything that happens don't have to be corrected. And you say, well, we don't want anybody to get in the flesh. Well, we got in the flesh to come to church. Amen. <laughs> Amen. None of y'all at about quarter to six said, I feel the Spirit. Oh, don't move. Don't move. We can't go to church till we feel the Spirit. I'm glad y'all don't do that. Because there have been a lot of times it was time to go to church and I didn't feel the Spirit one bit. <laughs> Let me drink this instead of just hold it. So don't... I don't know why I talked about this tonight. I couldn't get away from it. And I know we got the book. And I'm going to get back to the book. But I've had a busy week. And uh, I could have got back in the book tonight, but I wouldn't have done it justice. 
I like to spend time in that book. And so we'll, we'll probably get back on it next Sunday night. But, but there's a reason for this word tonight. Where's my phone? Yeah, there it is. There's a reason for this word tonight. God wants us to know that he might move in our church upcoming here sometime and to, and to be real careful before you criticize. Amen? And just let God do, do his thing and let God have his way. Don't be Judas. That would have been another title for this sermon. Don't be Judas. Amen? You be you. Pure what You know what that was? Man, what would happen in our church if we got like Mary and said, I'm going to love on Jesus. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to love my Jesus. I'm going to praise my Jesus. I'm going to celebrate my Jesus. I'm going to cry out to my Jesus. But, but we let things hold us back. Well, let me just preach it. We let Judas's hold us back. So let's expect God to do some great things. Expect God to do some unusual things. Amen? You say, preacher, that makes me nervous. I know. But I just, you know, God don't always color in the lines. <laughs> he colors outside the lines sometimes. We can't, we can't. We, we can't say that's how God does it, and that's the only way God does it. That, remember, remember what I told y'all, uh, I believe it was uh, last Sunday morning, or no, no, it was last Sunday night, a week ago tonight. The reason uh, Moses missed out on, on his destiny in life, which was to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, was because he assumed God did something one way. And so, and I thought about this. I want to give you all this little truth about this. You know, the first time the, the children of Israel didn't have anything to drink uh, uh, and they were thirsty, God told Moses to strike the rock. And when Moses struck the rock, the water came forth and the people drank. The next time they were in the same situation, Moses didn't talk to the Lord, didn't consult with the Lord, didn't seek for uh, uh, discernment from the Lord. And he said, that's how God did it that time. So I know that's how God's going to do it this time. And in disobedience, he struck the rock and the need was not met. And because of his disobedience, he did not get to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Uh, he died after that and uh, not right there on the spot, but right after that he died. And Joshua was given that role of leading the children of Israel into the promised land. I want you to notice something. That rock is a picture of Jesus. The first time that we needed to have our needs met by Jesus, he had to be stricken. He had to be, he had to be struck. He had to be nailed. He had to be whipped. He had to have a crown of thorns. If Jesus hadn't done all that, all of us would be lost. But now that he has been stricken, and risen from the dead, what did God tell Moses to do to this other stone? Do you remember? Speak to it. The first time we needed our needs met, Jesus had to be stricken. The next time after that, we, need our need, we have our needs and we want them to be met. All we have to do now is speak to them. Isn't that something? That rock is a picture of Jesus. 
And so now we just speak to Jesus. He don't have to die on the cross again. He don't have to be put in a tomb again to meet my needs. He did it. He said, it is finished. When I do this and I rise from the dead, it is finished. You don't have to offer up any more lambs, any more sacrifices, including me. All you need now to get your need met is speak to me. Hallelujah. Just pray to me. And so it's good to listen to the Lord. It's good to, and when you're listening to the Lord and why we need discernment, because there's nobody merely knows. Uh, I, I want things done right. I want things done decently and in order and all of that. But I'm going to tell you, you can get so hard on that that you don't leave any margin for God to do anything different. Amen. I love the Word of God. I believe there are restrictions in the Word of God. I believe there are guardrails in the Word of God. The Bible says do things decently and in order and all of that. But I tell you, you can get so wopsided on that that you don't recognize God when He moves in a different way. Am I making any sense? Man, be ready for God to do something unusual. And if He does and it, and it concerns you a little bit, you got, you got already believe if it's concerned you, it's already concerned me, I'll guarantee you. But what I do when I don't know is I say, Lord, show me. Lord, show me. Lord, give me discernment. If this is not right, if this is not you, if this is the enemy, if this person is being used by the enemy, or this situation is being used by the enemy, then Lord, you show that to me, and you show me what to do about it. Because Lord, even if you do tell me it's the enemy, I am not going to know what to do about it until you tell me what to do about it. And the pastor has a big responsibility on situations like that. And... Um, my daddy was here in a service one time, in a revival service one time. And uh, he he's told me this story so many times. Brother Curtis Tatum was your pastor then. And I believe it was, um, I'm trying to think who gave a message in tongues. I believe it was, um, she just passed away. Joyce, yes. Miss Joyce Gurley gave a message in tongues. No, no, that's not right. Somebody stood up in the service, and revival had been a good service. Daddy was there, and he said, uh, matter of fact, when I told Daddy I was coming here to pastor this church the first time, he said, I want to tell you a story about that church, talking about y'all. And uh, I said, well, I've already told him I'm coming, so what's the story? <laughs> so Daddy said, Daddy said, a woman stood up in the church, or a man, or somebody. He didn't really, I don't think he said a woman or a man. He said, and they were being critical about something in the church. It's just the wrong time. It's the wrong time to bring it up, wrong time to say it. And he said, I'm telling you, Joyce Gurley stood up and gave a message in tongues and stopped it dead. That person just plopped right down. And when she gave that message, Brother Curtis gave an interpretation. And Daddy said the Holy Spirit broke out all over that church. He said, we had revival. He said, I'm telling you, we had revival that night. So you don't know. You don't know. That's why you've got to stay close to the Lord. That's why you, you can't come running to God in an emergency. Well, you can, and I have, and he still shows up. But the best way to do it is to stay close. Stay close to him. And then when something happens, 
you can know that if your antenna went up and you got concerns, there's probably something there to be concerned about. And then you pray right at that moment. I hope I, I hope I've made sense tonight. But I just I just um, Mary just freaked them out, boy. When she got that oil and started pouring, I mean, just think about how odd that was. And then took her hair, let it, you know, had long hair, and took it and wiped it on his feet. And I mean, I mean, that you're setting yourself up for some criticism when you do that. You better know you've heard from the Lord if you're going to do something like that. And of course, she got criticized. And Jesus said, "Leave her alone. She wrought a good work. She did a good thing." And everybody hushed then. <laughs> and then he said, "What she's done here today, Pharaoh Hardison will preach about in two thousand years." In Pine Level Church. Praise God. Who would join me in saying, Lord, move in our church. Move in our church. Move in our church. Move on a Sunday morning. Move on a Sunday night. Move on a Wednesday night. Have your way. Who would join me and say, it's not my church, it's yours. It's your church, Lord. It's always been your church. It was your church when Pharaoh had hair, and it's your church when Pharaoh didn't have no hair. It's always been your church. You do what you want to. And I say that today, and I say it tonight, Lord, you don't need my permission. You don't need me to say this, but I just say, have your way in this house. Amen? Your will be done. He can do more in 10 seconds than we can do in 10 years. If we'll let him move and have his way. Amen. Let's come to the altar and pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church Incorporated. Copyright 2023.